morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. It's going to be hot in the elm. But I don't mind. I like it. It's summer. It's summer. What do you think it's supposed to be? Although it's not California hot. It's not the Pacific Rim hot. It's not middle of the of the country hot. I'll take this hot. Ain't nothing burning. And uh, we don't have no grid shutdowns. So, you know, I'm going to take it. <laughs> How y'all doing this morning? You know, it's, it's wonderful. I'm wearing my... Uh, I'm wearing my light leather. These are leather earrings that um, I think Sarah Lulu picked up in uh, Dubai. No, South Africa. I think these are from South Africa. Uh, when she was there like last month. And they are so pretty. And they are so, they're lighter than feathers. I just, I know people care about my jewelry, particularly my earrings. So they're, they're, they're lighter than feathers. I'm blown away. Before I get into the the show, 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 I've been reading, um, you know, I've got this extensive reading list. So um, the, finally getting around to Kindred. Damn near finished it because, you know, I'm a huge Octavia Butler fan. And this is going to become a movie or a miniseries or something or other. So, so, it, was on my, so it was the next book on my pile of, 10 books to read before July, before Andrew's birthday, which has come and gone. <laughs> I've only knocked out two books. So, and, and this is the third one. So um, let me tell you, I, Octavia Butler was mystical and magical. And the way uh, that she talks about, the way she talks about the world in this book, writing from 1976 you would have thought she was writing from 2022. That's how prolific her writing is. And I'm reading this. I'm going back rereading over stuff because I'm thinking, she said this? Like, this was, wait, what? 1976. So it's good. And then, you know, the book has caused me so much anxiety. I had to like go to the end of the book and read like the last page of the book. And then that didn't satisfy me. So I skipped back further from the end because the way the story is going, it's caused me so much anxiety. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to make it to the end if I don't have some sense of how this is going to go down. So I didn't read all the important pieces, but I read enough. So then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. They, they, they survive. Because <laughs> the anxiety was getting me. I couldn't put it down. I was sitting up there last night. I was like, oh, I got to put this down. My nerves, my nerves, my nerves. So anyway, Octavia Butler, Octavia E. Butler, um, uh, Kindred. Now, you all know how I feel about Parable of the Sour, which is my absolute favorite book, and Parable of the Talents, which came after, um, a little ways after. Uh, But Parable of the Sour was actually my favorite book only because... It just reads across the ages in ways that, um, and and that's the the joy of of a good science fiction. Because, you know, she's got, she got social justice written in here. So it's got social justice. It's got racism. It's got the ways of white people. I mean, it's just amazing to me. So that's why I love it. Because whenever you read it, it suits the moment. Whenever you pick it up, it suits the moment. 
So I've been wanting to read. I've read her other things, but I've never gotten around to Kindred. So if you've not read this, you might want to read it before the movie comes out. Because I just like reading things before the movies come out. I really do. That's what I did with my kids with all the Harry Potter books. You know, before we knew they were movies. So we were reading the Harry Potter books only because, first of all, I love, 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 love the Harry Potter books. Every last one of them. Loved them. And it was such a good reading tool for my kids because that would be our summer read. And so we would, we would read it, it. We would take turns reading it aloud in a circle. That's how, I, that's how, they, that's how they read so well because that's what we would do. We would spend some time every single day, maybe an hour, 45 minutes, and we would um, gather usually before dinner or before bed and um or sometimes uh yeah after dinner before bed and we get in a sit around in the living room and we would take turns reading um books now sometimes they really wanted to read the harry books on their own i had no problems with that because we read other books in the round particularly books that were pertaining to um um black you know just always black black stuff and i knew that i wanted them to be prepared and this was way before high school so i was like we're gonna read some of these really good black books so that you have a sense of of this so anyway the harry potter books were one for the for the ages Uh, and they were equally excited to read them i'm not kidding you so every time one came out we'd race to barnes and noble and get one or wherever books were sold and we get the latest one we get the and they they equally all enjoyed them for various reasons. And we, so we did it. So they read all the Harry Potter books. I read all the Harry Potter books. So it's the same kind of vibe. Anyway, anyway, I love science fiction because I love um, big imagination. I love big imagination. And, you know, here's the thing. I love imagination where we can win. Like, if you, if you got to make up some fiction, why can't we just be winners? Winning in the sense that we don't have to be the victim in these stories, black people, brown people, like, you know, we, we can make stories go a different kind of way. <laughs> this is why I don't understand these people who get all upset about Wakanda. You hear these people? Oh, how are we going? That's not even real. Um, I'm sorry. Neither is Batman. Neither is Superman. Neither is Aquaman. None of that is, it's the Marvel universe. None of it. Marvel and DC Comics is all about made-up stuff. And listen, if you cannot use your imagination to make up in your favor a world of your making, what are you even doing? Why? Like, why would you do that? So people got all upset. They just couldn't stand. They're not used to seeing Black people being in charge of Black people in a humane, just way. And everybody's beautiful. They just can't stand it. And some black people couldn't stand it. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 Wakanda, Wakanda. This is made up. Everything is made up. <laughs> I was like, come on. You mean to tell me you can't imagine? That's such a great story that in all of Africa, this this country hid itself so that it would not be part of the transatlantic slave trade. That's really the root of it. They hid themselves from the world in a way so that they would not have to be part of that slave trade. Now you can make the case that why didn't they help everybody? I don't, I don't know. It's a made up story. 
Listen, Ethiopia was the only country in Africa that was not colonized. All right? Ask them. You know, they training lions to fight. <laughs> Go ahead. It's all right, you know. I'm always uh I'm always hold a special special place in my heart for uh not Ethiopia, Eritrea. Uh, you know, Ethiopia, I think it was. Uh so I'm always gonna hold a special part heart for science fiction stuff because um it's just big thinking and 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 all of that. I just love it. That's why I like Star Wars. I read Star Wars when I was a kid because we didn't have a car and the movies was in Milford, so it was far away. Um so I so I didn't never I never thought I was gonna get to go see Star Wars. So I I read the book. I the series of books, I read them. And then when I got to see the movie, I was just so blown away. Same way, same way with Close Encounters. Same way with, um, uh, I mean, I just read science fiction because I, I just loved it. Um, Star Trek, all of it. So I just loved it. I love science fiction. I love the bigness of people's thinking about creating worlds on top of worlds and all the things that you could just dream up just because you just could do it. And, uh, you know, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a sucker for a romance novel. I love a damn good romance novel. But, you know, um, but uh, uh, you could win me with a sci-fi, particularly if it's written by black people. And I've read some written by black people. So there's some black folks writing some damn good sci-fi. I just uh, finally finished last summer, Blood and Bones. And um, and it took me a long time to read. It's a young, young adult book. Uh, but it was so once once I got the rhythm of it, I couldn't put it down. So I got the sec- I got the second one. I think one of them is becoming a movie. So I'm glad that I got the first one. But I, it's not um, it's not in my pile of books for this year. Maybe maybe it'll make the cut for the fall. I don't know. But I got to get through these other books because I got to. It's my favorite thing to do. Uh, it's my favorite thing to do. Yes, Ethiopia. Ethiopia was the only country, the only sub-Saharan African country that was never colonized. So, um, there you go. So that's why I hold a, you know, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, they say, is in Ethiopia. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to go with them on that. Can't nobody guard nothing like black folks. That's all I'm going to say. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Is Nora with us today, Harry? Is Nora riding shotgun today or is it just you? I don't know who's riding what. I didn't hear, I didn't hear nothing, so. It's very hot today. I can feel it. In, I can feel it in my space. I can feel the heat rising. So, anyway, uh, shout out to um, uh, Patrick Dunn. Five years uh, with the New Haven Pride Center. He took it from nothing and turned it to something. Started from the bottom. Now we here. <laughs> like he turned it in. He turned that little. They turned that nonprofit into like a 500 year $500 budget to like millions, uh, maybe a million, 2 million, maybe a million. I don't know, but I know he, he, he has given it presence and depth and he has made a huge impact in uh, the gay community and in, especially in the BIPOC community. Like he just went in and filled, just filled in the gap 
Like he ain't standing the gap. He's like, okay, let's fill this in right here. Let's fill this in right here. So high five to him uh, for for his uh, continued work and tenacity around um, the LBTQ community, plus community. You know, kudos to him. Because, you know, running a nonprofit is no easy feat, I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, and I can tell you from being a board chair. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, yes. So what is going on uh, today? I don't know how the uh, Board of Aldermen vote went last night. I don't know if um, if uh, uh, Devin accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. I'm going to go check his... Uh, I'm gonna check his uh, Facebook page and see if he's got any uh, any any words. Um, I don't see anything, so hopefully I, I don't. And uh, you know what? I should check the New Haven Independent. That's re- really where I should go. Let me check the New Haven Independent. See what if they covered it last night, because um, you know them damn meetings could go on forever and a day. So, okay. So I don't know what, I don't know what made 53 million pandemic relief spending plan. Okay. So Tom Breen was there. Uh, yes. So I, I would imagine if I read that article, it would give me some sense of what is happening. Um, let me say high five to Dixwell UCC because they are, they're marking their bicentennial. It is the nation's oldest African-American United Congregational Church. They're celebrating 200 years. I'm I'm a a UCC member. Um, I was a member of the Church of Redeemer. We shut our doors, divvied up our money, gave it to neighboring UCC churches. And uh, so now I've gone to Dixwell Congregational Church. I went for Palm Sunday. I went for Easter Sunday. Reverend Streets is the pastor. I think he's on sabbatical. Uh, and a lot of cool people that I know around town go to that church. I like UCC for a lot of reasons. Um, I just like it progressive, um, and I, I, where art intellect meets. That's how I tend to think of them. Um, and so I, so I, I like that very much. Uh, they just don't have a choir. That bothers me. And so when I mention it to people, they ask me if I can sing. I, I, you know, it's one of these things where I don't want to start the choir. I want somebody else to start the choir. Yeah, you know people like that. I'm one of those people. I'm good for that. I I want this, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> good morning, Babs. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so wow, I'm loud. Yeah, you are. Is uh, uh is Nora here today? Yeah. So I'm actually sitting next to Nora. She's running the station. Okay. Why is you? Why are you in the echo chamber? Why am I in an echo chamber? I don't know. Okay, let me try this again. Anyway, so yeah, I'm right here next to okay. Bob, Nora. So if you need Hi, Nora, me. good morning, Nora. I was like, Babs, stop talking. I'm trying to learn. Hi, Babs. <laughs> oh, I like your hat. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I should have my love Babs hat on. No, that's all right. You, you got on a good hat. You know, you'll you'll oh. get to you'll get the rhythm of it. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my hat on either. I have it. I have it right here. It's on my desk. 
I actually have to get off and write a New Haven Independent article, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Get off and go right. But girl. I'm listening. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Did you stay at your new house last night? Okay. I did not. I stayed <laughs> at my parents again. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. I know your parents like, I thought she said she had a new place to live. <laughs> You're cutting into their you're cutting into their playtime being in the house. <laughs> so oh these earrings, these are from uh um Cape Town, South Africa. Leather, sterling silver and leather. So and the and it's they got a little thing on the card that says the circle is a universal symbol of divine energy and love. It represents the notions of wholeness, the self, eternity, timelessness, and unity. So perfect, 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 perfect. So talk about setting an attention. I love it. So these these are my earrings today. And they're so light. And I, I have all manner of earrings because I like all manner of jewelry. So, But these are probably the lightest earrings I own. I almost feel like I don't have anything on. So I better put, even though the post is very long, I'm notoriously losing earrings. So uh, I better put a post on the back of these before I walk out the door. Because I will be heartbroken if I lose these um, earrings. So anyway, um, so the pandemic relief spending plan okayed, according to Tom Breen. Um, So they signed off on a final amendment version of how the Ellicott administration should spend $53 million in federal pandemic aid. Can, Can some of that cut taxes? Maybe not. Yes, no. All right. Just asking. Asking for my neighbors. <laughs> so, oh, there were 21, 21 alders. Isn't there, isn't there 28, uh, 28 alders, 30 alders? Where the other one? On vacation? Hmm. Somebody should post up how many, you know, when I was an alder, they used to post up how often you came to meetings. You know what I mean? And uh, I love those numbers because I was at, I stayed anywhere between 78% and 87%. And and I had little kids. So I had to go to parent-teacher stuff, you know, and go to a game or something or other. So so I, I remember, because I remember, they, I believe the New Haven Independent would run that info. <laughs> the attendance record of these alders. So people would see what they alders was doing. Are you are you coming to meetings? What are you doing? Because part of the majority of the job is legislating in the chambers. All right, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh, should the city create a new quasi-public land bank? I'd be interested in hearing what that means. And you have until... Uh, June 14, 2024 to vote. I had to go back and read what that means. I, I think I know what it means, but I want to be absolutely clear. You know, uh, so yeah. So if you want to know what's going on, pick up the New Haven Independent. Uh, when you want up to the minute local news, up to the minute local news. But if you want broader news about Black people, from around the world and the country, pick up the inner city. <laughs> Come on.
Go pick up the inner city. I meant to bring one because the new one is out. The new one is on the streets, but I, I didn't, I didn't grab it. I meant to stick it in my bag. And then there, and then there, and there's another article. I don't know how Paul gets to the craziest things. He's like on this bike doing all this thing. Um, Taurus flies through the air and lands on Jeep. I don't even want to know how that went down. I just don't. I'm going to chalk it up to a freak date. So, on the way, we have two, all the stories up. Oh, okay. Cannabis and uh, the ARPA. Okay, yep. Tom has another another one, another two coming from the meeting. Okay, then I want to see that. And and uh, the way it was clear for Alders for the Springfield Dispensary to come to Long Wharf Theater and for five cannabis retail outlets around town. I, I you know, honestly... Okay. I, all these all these young people that was peddling pot on the street corners and serving time, they ought to all be released and have that stuff expunged from their record. I, I think that's the very minimum. That's the minimum. If you have a marijuana charge, it just goes away at the minimum. Now, if you sell another stuff, that's that's on you. But marijuana charges, now, I... I I I I I believe that people should be able to do whatever they want to do as long as it doesn't harm people and it doesn't harm themselves. But this is a very get high culture, man. Very get high culture that we are in. I kind of I kind of miss the days of no one really knew you was getting high because you wasn't like public with it. So I kind of miss that. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just saying little, you know, everywhere I go, there's weed everywhere. Lots of it. I drive down streets and the whole, it's like a, like driving through a cloud. And I guess that's a good thing, right? Like, cause I don't want people penalized for it, you know, but I also don't want people, uh, you know, I don't know. I think people can work and do all the things. I don't. I don't know what the. I don't know what the science says about uh, marijuana. Uh, I, I know one thing. It's not like uh, you know crack or cocaine or any of that. Weed is a very mellowing, a, a, a very mellowing drug, right? Very mellowing, and. Uh, so I'm not, I, I don't know anybody who smokes pot, smokes some weed, and then go like rob a liquor store or rob people or any of that. If anything, you'll rob a bakery because you want the cupcakes because you got munchies. But beyond that, I just don't imagine um, people doing anything out of pocket with weed because weed is a very mellowing thing. I mean, it just is. So, so I always, I, I, you know, I, I understand people's concern about, you know, maybe people's behavior, but it's, it's not, weed is not like other drugs that cause you to, it, pot really does mellow you the hell out. You know, I don't know nobody who's hyped up. (laughs) I've never seen it. (laughs) Now you might do weed and some other old mess that might amp you up, but I've not. I, it has never been my experience. I've just never seen it. So 
So it makes sense that, you know, we would be, you know, accessible, much more accessible, and that we would take the criminality out of it, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, there was a time we, I mean, and just the other day, we was just locking up people wholesale for, uh, you know, selling this stuff. So I just feel like, all those cats ought to get that part of their record expunged. That's all I'm saying. That's what I I would recommend. That's what I would fight for and sign off on and march for. You know, just turn back the clock on some of these sentences that are, you know, uh, that are, um, hot charges anyway that's just my that's my thought that's just my thought so uh yeah well let's see what we do in this city with this money and see see so i got the uh i got the message from the 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 uh mayor mayor's administration about the monkeypox it's um Mm. Uh, I find I, I find this stuff daunting on a lot of levels. You know, on the one hand, they don't want you to uh, panic, but at the, uh, on the other hand, they want you to panic. <laughs> so I don't. I, I think people will be at odds as to what to do, and then there'll always be these people who are like, "Well, I'm, I, I'm not." I'm not gay, so I don't have to worry about this. Well, just like HIV and AIDS, um, everybody's susceptible, particularly if you're in close proximity to people who are who have it. So you just have to be mindful, and you have to be smart, and you have to be thinking about things. Um, in a safe way. You can't just automatically um, say this doesn't affect me because X. Everything that goes on in your community, in your neighborhood, in this country affects you. It doesn't matter whether you live across the country or across town. See, that's the part that people act as though they're in their own bubble and and there's no way in or out. I'm like, uh, no. So the president of these United States are just like a, a, a ink pen away from making this a, a, a national emergency kind of thing. So we'll see. I mean, in another couple of days, I guess we'll be at that place uh, if we if we if we can't get a, a hand a hold on this. So now now I was listening to them on the news this morning. No one has died from monkeypox. But as the but it's safe to say that as the numbers climb, there probably will be some fatalities. That's just how numbers work, right? Like it'll be somebody who won't be able to overcome and will succumb uh, to this. So, but it hasn't happened yet because the numbers are relatively low. I think we have like five thousand cases in the country or something. 
you know, but there is enough of a concern to issue concerning warnings. <laughs> like, be mindful out there, people. You know, I, I, I'm my dating life is zero. Can I just tell you, I'm I'm not dating anybody. I'm not I'm not sleeping with anybody. How about that? I'm a, I'm gonna even go so far as say that. I just think it's like these times are a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got all kinds of birth control, you know, but and we all got we all all kinds of not just birth control, but um, protectors of your sexual reproductive health. You know, there's all kinds of things that you could do to protect yourself from things, you know, and uh, all you people on Grinder, Tinder, Hitch, Hitch, Hookup, whatever the apps are. You might want to squash it for a moment. Just take a break. Sit back. <laughs> let, let, let the scientists and the doctors do their do they work. Get, get some cures out there. Sit, sit down for a little bit. Chill out. You know. Think about do some, go Do a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Relax. Don't, don't get in the mix. You know. You know, do do get chill. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh, just 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 chill, 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 chill. That's all I want to tell you. I tell you what I heard this morning. I was watching Good Morning America, and the Beach Boys uh, are doing are on tour with uh, Low Cash, who is, I want to say, a, a, is a country western star. And so they did a song called Beach Boy, which they, you know, lift some of the Beach Boy music into their song. And so the Beach Boy folks heard it and said, hey, we'll do you one better. We'll come and rock with you. So I watched them. It was it's such a good collaboration of two genres of music that you wouldn't ordinarily put together. Uh, the Beach Boy sound is definitively cool California. And Low Cash is very you know, Texas, country, country. I don't want to say, because he could be from Mississippi. I don't know where he's from. But um, it, it's a, it's a, a Texas, almost hip-hop-ish vibe, undercurrents of hip-hop to it. Like it's got that, you know, that bounce to it, which I'm hearing a lot of country music have a little bit of bounce, particularly when they're collaborating with some rap artists. You know, like Nelly and some others that they got that bounce. So anyway, to hear the Beach Boys rock out with them, I was like, that's a damn good collab. I like it, Beach Boys. And the Beach Boys are celebrating 60 years in the industry. Can you imagine? 60 years. I, they started when I was born. <laughs> I'm 59. So, <laughs> so they've been together. They've been together that long. I was like, go ahead. These young groups, they don't know how to do it. These old groups, they know how to do it. They know how to keep that money flowing. So I was like, okay. Okay. But anyway, if you've not heard it, it's a really great collab. I like it. I like it. It's got that summer. It's got that summer vibe, the Beach Boys summer vibe that never gets old. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. You've heard some Beach Boys. And it's uh, cool. Summer cool. 
And then you throw in that little cash with that hip hop, you know, bounce country thing to it. It's a nice little, uh, it's a nice vibe. Very, very nice vibe. I'm like, okay. So uh, the Queen Bay is, her album is rocking out. I like it. You know, I love a good dance, a good dance album. And uh, honestly, she is, she is giving us disco back. (laughs) Yeah, house music, disco, whatever. She, she is giving it to us. Um, I think she's changing some, she's changing some uh, lyrics and songs. I just caught a snippet of it. I don't know what, what, what lyrics are troublesome to people. I don't know. So I can't speak to it. Uh, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm excited by it. And uh, you could, you could download it on Spotify. So uh, anyway, we're going to do what we do party on, but I like, I like the lyrics. I like the thinking and God knows we need some music for these times. You know, not music that ignores what, what we're in, but music that elevates us from out of where we are. And uh, I think I think Beyonce does it. You're not gonna break my soul is cool. And the rest of the album is badass. Like I like it, Renaissance. I like it. I like it. So uh, uh I was listening to the to the uh Brittany Griner. I guess she's back in court today. You know, she's cop to she's cop to you know having whatever it is they say she has. You know, I find it interesting that all this time she's been going over there back and forth that this is the time that they say, Oh, you're just breaking laws or whatever. I I, I just find the whole thing suspect. I I I just do. And uh and the fact that uh She's in that country and we're at odds with that country for the for the for the atrocities that they are doing, committing in in uh Ukraine. And and that's what they are, atrocities. Um I, I feel some kind of way that she is in the in this, she's caught up in the crosshairs of that. Uh all because she's just a black woman trying to make money, as as we all are out here, you know. Uh, and don't tell me race doesn't have anything to do with it. It has everything to do with it, you know. And because uh, I'm sure she's not the only basketball player from this country playing in, in the Russian leagues. I, you can't tell me that she is, you know. But she's high profile for whatever for, for whatever you think. She, I mean, she's well-known basketball player. So I'm just... You know, praying for a good outcome, and hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully we can get her out. And I guess there's some other folks being held that have been held for a couple of years now. You know, that uh, should get out. So, 
so many things. <laughs> we got so many things. Uh, you know. So, so many things. Anyway, I'm not, there's new restaurants downtown in New Haven. I wonder if people have been to them. Uh, I know uh, Markeisha and um, and uh, Karen Ponzio went to uh, uh, the new restaurant by the owners of Barracuda and Tiama Tequila um, over there in the old Kelly building, Kelly House building. I've not gone there. Um, but there's this new place called Noah, which is owned by the September and Bangkok people. We like September and Bangkok. So so maybe I'll get in there before this, the, the, the full-on campus, Yale campus kids come back. Because once they, once, once they come back, there's no going there. <laughs> there's, no, there's no going there. So, but they've got a good happy hour every day from one to six. Um, you know, they've got, a, they, you can get a sing hot beer for $4. Uh, you get from three to six, you could get wings, samosa, sausage rock, shrimp, chips. I guess all these things. So I, I, I have to pop in there. I've driven by. It looks really well tricked out. So we'll, maybe we'll, we'll go check it out. We'll see. I'm, I like a good new haunt. Although I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to. September, I really have to shut down going to restaurants because I've got to pay for this trip to. Uh, I got to pay for this trip to uh, Morocco and. <laughs> I can't do that if I'm running all around town eating everywhere, eating and drinking. So I have to cut that out. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut cut that out. So when I come back from Martha's Vineyard, it's on. So it'll, uh, September, October, November, December, I'm done. No more. No more eating out. I will be at Gala's. Uh, I will be. So we'll see just read my comments <laughs> thank you uh thank you bill Asseltine. i don't know what i said i said what i said <laughs> i think it was because i was commenting on these let me tell you something this is what i know oh yes Ooh. Uh, I was trying. I, I gotta. Um, you know these DocuSign things that they send in the email to take these things. Uh, oh, okay. On air now. Let me call you back. I will call them back. But anyway, um, I, I I'm of the mindset at this point in my life with these these people running for office, particularly Republicans. If you are not outright condemning Donald Trump and that whole Trump administration, then to me, you are on the side of white supremacy. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't need to argue with people. I don't care. You can say whatever you want. I'm not convinced. If you side with that liar who was terrible for this country and for the world and you're not you're not refuting that 
and you're on the side of white supremacy. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you know. I don't care what you do. You are on the side of white supremacy. Just my opinion. Now you don't, you don't got nothing to prove to me. You don't. You don't have to come back at me saying, "Oh, how did you say that?" Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I just think blah blah blah. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you know. I'm just telling you what I feel and what I think. And I'm and I'm gonna always look at you side eye as a white supremacist. That's just am. I just am. Now. Sure. Are there white supremacists in the Democratic Party? I, there are white supremacists all over the place. You think the Republican Party is the only party of white supremacists? You, I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that. I think there are more white supremacists in, in, in both parties that either one is willing to op, cop to. So that's number one. First of all, I, 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 I know people think, oh, this is a blanket statement. It It is not a blanket statement. History bears out. That we have a problem with white supremacy in this country. Everything, everything, everything from the Constitution to the current laws to everything bears that out. And if if you are not a student of history or you're not interested in reading or any of that, then shame on you because you're just, you're just going on you're just going on how you feel and the and the world as you know it. But you're not doing any real work of looking at how do we get here? What were the rules and the laws like prior to today? What was it like for Black people 100 years ago? What was it like for Black people 200 years ago? What was it like for Black people in 1619 when they came to these shores? To Jamestown, 21 Africans brought to this these shores, you know. So until you have a good grasp of history, don't talk to me about what you think white supremacy is and who's not a white supremacist. Every white person coming out their mouth with anything other than I'm, I'm, I'm working to dismantle white supremacist systems. If you're not saying that, then for me, I, I don't want to hear anything else you have to say. Because if you're not doing that work at the very basic level, if you're not trying to undo systems that have that have dogged people and kept people um, in in poverty and and out of educational opportunities, and you kept people, I, I don't want to hear your mouth about it because you are just operating from a place of some freak truth that you're like, well, look, we had a black president. Well, look, look, some of y'all go to school now. Look. Y'all are in high positions of power. Look at the whole entertainment industry. Look at sports. Blah, some of y'all are rich now. Blah, 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 blah. Until all of us are free, ain't nobody free. And that bears out too. Because listen, you could be LeBron James and still get stopped in a nice ass car on a highway by a white police officer who makes gazillion dollars less than you do, less education, and still have the power to kill you. With with without without any problems. That's all I know. I I lived a life. I know a thing. I seen a thing, so I know a thing. So I'm just saying. Now listen, I know all you well meaning white people who listen to me and like me and think, oh, I'm not off base. If you're not doing anti racist work, anti racism work in your everyday practical lives. If you're not doing that work, then you're not doing nothing. You're just talking. You know, 
You're just talking. So if you are not stamping out racism at every turn, if you if you sit at a table and all you see is white people, you don't say, we have a problem here. Everybody at this table is white. When you go to conferences and none of the speakers are black or brown, or I'll even throw in women, then if you're not doing that work, what are you doing? You, you just toting piss for white supremacy. That's what you're doing. When you're not doing anti-racism work, and it's not, it's not enough to be like, oh, I, I fight the power. How are you fighting the power? What you doing? And listen, everybody's not going to be out there in the streets. I get that. Everybody's not going to have boots on the ground. But there are things that you could do. You certainly can support candidates that make a difference in this fight against white supremacy. You certainly can fund things that will make differences in communities to help combat white supremacy. There's all kinds of things that you can do. You want to be an abolitionist? Be an abolitionist. Do you know what I mean? Take it on. You know, I've lived too long, seen too much. I'm at the point now I can just, listen, I'm going to call it what it is, you know? And 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 it's, and my and my beef is just with well-meaning white people because well-meaning white people are dangerous. It's dangerous to me. It's dangerous. And I, I and I dare say, I'm around white people all the time, and they just say some of the most outrageous racist stuff, and they don't even think that they are racist. They just think they're just saying it in good good faith or whatever. And I'm like, what? You know. And, you know, here's the thing with us, with Black people, at least in my circle of Black people, we are weary of correcting white people. Weary. 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 I don't even do it. I don't, <laughs> I don't even do it anymore unless, it's, unless I have time for it, unless I'm in the mood for it, unless I'm in the mood to, like, really burst their bubbles. But most time, now at this point, I'm like, hmm. Nope, I'm going to let them be in their ignorant bliss by themselves because that's too much. We've been doing this work for a long time. Been lifting, lifting, lifting this stuff for a long time. You know, bang, banging on the door to be let in, squeezing in at tables where we've not been invited. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, that stuff over and over and over and over and over again. How are you going to sit at a table and you don't see no people of color? Not one. And no one says, you know what? What's missing from this table? Some people of color. Men can sit in whole meetings and never say, you know what? I don't see any women at this table. None. Or if there are women at that table... They automatically think, oh, how did she get here? The same way you got here. <laughs> she must have did some magic. Oh, you know, by magic, sleeping her way up or paying or what, whatever, whatever, whatever the foolishness is. It couldn't be on intellect, hard work, and, and, and sheer determination. No. You know, because you know how they do us when we show up in spaces. It's like, you know, they used to love to say, Affirmative action, right? <laughs> Are you just a token? I was like, let me tell you something. When white people love to say that kind of stuff, that they must have gotten here uh, because because you're black, because they hate to think that 
you know, the qualifications puts us way ahead of everybody. The most, the most educated people on the planet are black women, most educated black women. So, you know, when I hear that kind of stuff, you know, I'll tell anybody, you know, I went to a very small HBCU and I will put my small HBCU degree up against any private white institution degree. I'll put my, my degree up against anybody's, anybody's institution, anybody, you know, I, I, I know I'm well-educated, so I don't, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have imposter syndrome. I don't have any of that stuff. When I show up in the space, it's because I was ordained to go to that space. That's it. I, I, I don't think, oh, I'm here to whatever. And when I, and let me tell you something, when I walk in that space, I'm blackity black, black all day. I don't, I'm not sitting at no table messing around with people and then letting them use, I can use, listen, Audrey Lord said the, the, you can't, the, you cannot destroy the master's house of the Massachusetts. Well, I'm going to try. So I could talk, I could talk to talk too. I could get in there and intellectualize all kinds of foolishness, just like they do. And I could also take it to the streets. That's it. I got no problems. But I, I get so, I don't do too much code switching. If I code switch, it's because I, I'm not comfortable with white people and what they'll, and what they'll take away. So, so sometimes it's just easier to use a language that they're comfortable with to smack them upside the head about what it is, whatever it is they're doing. That's fine. And then I just get with my people and I talk the way I want to talk. But if, if it's a room full of people that I've worked with and I know, then I'll just, you know, I'm talking the way I talk. That's it. That's it. And if you really know me, y'all know how I talk, talk, talk. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so, yes, Gary Winfield, there were well-off Blacks in the 1800s. But even if they were well-off, they still, still were subject to, you know, uh, people doing them harm. You, they always lived under the threat of violence. Even if you were rich, even if you were rich Black in the days, you you still lived under the threat. I mean, Tulsa is a good example of that. Rosewood is a good example of that. You know, I mean, they just whenever they whenever they got a mind to, and they white folks got a mind for it, they were just like, we're gonna just start lynching niggas. We're gonna start killing niggas. That that's the thinking. That was the mood. You know, and would get away with it. I'm telling you, if people don't understand. When Ida B. Wells was running around this country trying to get people to stop lynching black people, that it was four lynchings a day in this country, four a day for like years. And she's running around trying to stop this. And not just, they wasn't just lynching men. They were lynching women, pregnant women, children. They was lynching people. Okay, we gotta, I got my PSA coming on it. at 9.59. Uh, so I just want y'all to know. See, that's the part, see that y'all have to have a framework for understanding what racism is. People think about racism from where they stand right now. So they look out and they say, oh, well, you know, what keeps y'all from going to school? What keeps y'all from living in nicer neighborhoods? But the same things that kept us (laughs) enslaved, white people. (laughs) And listen, I don't, the blame is not white people in and of itself, it is the systems created by white people in this country that create the problems, you know. And it doesn't help that, you know, people are people. It doesn't help, too, that some of us 
are our own worst enemy too. But that's a very small percentage. You know, that's a very, very small percentage. Very, very small. So, so I think a, I think a, I think a recommitment to education and teaching the history of this country would go a long way. Now, and and teaching the whole story of 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 how this country became this country is would do a, would go a long way to getting people on one page and one accord about all right this is where we were this is where we want to go you know instead of building on top of these racist systems you know when you know the promise of reconstruction when 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 they undid when they reneged on that promise during reconstruction because at reconstruction we had more black people elected to office they were mayors and stuff black people and then white folks just like, nope, I don't want them more educated than me. I hate the fact that they are thriving. Uh, we have to curtail their movements. And so that's how Jim Crow came to be, right? Policing pe- Black people, this whole loitering thing. We don't want no more than three of them together at any point. So you either have to be going to work or coming from work. You can't just stop and talk to your friends on the corner or you'd be thrown into jail and you'd be thrown into jail and when you're thrown into jail, they'd make you work in the fields. That became, that's how the prison complex system grew. They knew that this was a way for them to have labor. So they found ways to lock us up. Lock us up. So I'm just saying, when you know that, then you have a better understanding of, okay, this is where the problem began. How do we fix it in 2022 moving forward? You have to do that kind of work. You can't just be sitting in 2022 and looking out and seeing black millionaires and black success and saying, well, everybody should be able to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's some systems in place that prohibit that. <laughs> that prohibit that. I'm just saying. <sighs> I'm telling you. So anyway. I would invite everybody to get into a, some kind of African-American studies course. I think Southern is offering one. I know Siobhan um, is, is uh, uh, chairing uh, such, uh, such uh, uh, classes over at Southern. All right, here comes the PSA. <laughs> I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Saban. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Lie, 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 lie,
I just wanna stand up on these haters, say amen. The big bucket and get some paper, say amen. All I wanna do is get a bag. All I wanna do is make a mad. I just wanna stand up on these haters, say amen. The big bucket and get some paper, say amen. All I wanna do is get a bag. Yeah. All I wanna do is make we get it. Told the lady can't see me, my diamond so Fiji. I talk greasy 'cause my grip go easy. Who wanted with breezy? Please believe me, yeah, yo, the breezy she give it so easy on my line. Yeah, she begging like my man too easy everywhere. You ain't never there. I'm high in the sky, drip designer. I go get the finer, don't need a reply. Pocket swole, pull up in that thing, that top get low. Yo, get out and go. She wanna me ho. No respect for you, nobody check for you 'cause you a hater. Keep it playing, new. get some. Pay But we do it too major all the time. Always on the grind. I'm going for mine. If you reach, then them tools get pulled and you lose your life. Scary tales, ain't no fairy tales. This is real life. Earn your strike, get your grip and fight. You put that aside. Plenty flavors, this equipped with layers. Cook got dirty hollows, one in chamber. Yeah, it get dangerous. Please don't talk to strangers. Yeah. I just wanna stand up on these haters, say amen. The big bucket, then get some paper, say amen. All I wanna do is get a bag. All I wanna do is make a mad. I just wanna stand up on these haters, say amen. The big bucket, then get some paper, say amen. All I wanna do is get a bag. All I yeah. wanna do is make a you mad. Know what's up with me? No, not the f with me. So please don't come for me. It's heavy guns and luxury. This really get ugly. Foreigners bend in corners comfortably. These bitches loving me, but I tell them all the sucker dick. You wasn't f me off a city, but I be in Manchester too. I be busy being me for me to ever be you, sucker new. I don't f with new. I'ma keep it brief. If I f with you, then you my brother and my mom's your mother new. Swag on a million feet. Hi, truth in the booth on these streets. I will never let any new punk me. Why? Rather stand like a man in these streets or die. Whoever flossing my whole team bossing. Shout out to the East Coast, upstate Boston. I respect real news. Always about Fetty. This is for my hitters in the kitchen whipping Betty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanna stun up on these haters, say amen. The big bucket, then get some paper, say amen. All I wanna do is get a bag. All I wanna do is make a mad. I just wanna stun up on these haters, say amen. The big bucket, then get some paper, say amen. All I wanna do is get a bag. All I wanna do is make a mad.
Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. And Nora is rolling in the background, holding it down for the for the station under the keen eye of uh, Harry. <laughs> so I'm back on this fine Tuesday talking my brand of ish. I'm glad y'all dig it. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. I didn't make any coffee this morning. I've got to get back in the habit of having some coffee in the morning. I only like it in the morning. I don't like it any other time because I, I don't know. You know, it's already challenging for me to sleep. So if I drink coffee, I'll be up for 2,000 years. Can't have that. <laughs> Cannot have that. Cannot have that. So I'm uh, just trying to figure out what I, I need to run over to the uh, the uh, inner city after I get off air. And uh, I, I head out next weekend for the vineyard. And then uh, a week later, I'm there for a whole week, which is my favorite place to to uh you know just chill i just love the vineyard i've been taking my kids for 20 years but they're not going with me <laughs> i was like ah oh, i don't have that responsibility y'all go you uh save your coins rent a house and y'all make it happen uh because i want to go without being a mom <laughs> so so yeah uh-uh 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 so I will be uh, in the Martha's Vineyard with my good girlfriends. And we're just going to be chilling. Like, I'm literally just going to be chilling. I've got one commitment that I have to do. Because it, um, it is Black Philanthropy Month. Black Philanthropy Month. And uh, the uh, Prosperity Foundation has all kinds of things planned. And I think I'm hosting, I think, I know I'm hosting a, a panel discussion around um, black philanthropy or whatever the title is. So I'm hosting, facilitating that conversation. I'm excited to do it because you know, I have a fund at the, uh, prosperity foundation slash community foundation, uh, the freed woman fund, which has about, I don't know, $9,000 in it that I've raised. Uh, I need to raise some more money. Uh, it's just been, uh, I've been, uh, my, I've been preoccupied with other things like paying my own damn bills, but I, <laughs> I'm gonna amp it back up. So people can give because I know people want to give. Uh, but anyway, black philanthropy is a big deal. No one gives more money in the United States and around the world than black people. That's just the truth. The Pew Foundation um, has uh, uh, has the statistical data to prove it. Black people give more than anybody on the planet. Um, and that's because of our organizations. Our churches and our organizations, the women's club, men's clubs, sororities, fraternities, um, community efforts, all of that. We give more than anybody. So that's what I, that's what I mean. If we, if we don't say that, then people won't know that. Because in, in the world of white supremacy, the thinking is, oh, they always want a handout, always want a handout, always want a handout. I'm sorry, who wants a handout? Because we give. We give disproportionately to the numbers that we are in this country. 
you know, the same way we are disproportionately locked the hell up in prisons all across this country um, in relationship to how many of us are actually in this country. Just saying. <laughs> you see, you see how language just gets things twisted all up when they, you know, when they, you know, people try to speak truth to power to lies. You know, they always got their hand out. We're always helping them. Mm. Who's helping whom, actually? Who's helping whom? Tell the truth. You know, you know how old people used to say, tell the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> I'm with that thinking. Tell the truth. So when they start that, oh, y'all always got your hands out. Always, 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 always. Mm. But it's a deliberate, it's a deliberate effort to sort of uh, malign us, not only not only in our own communities, but uh, but up against the world. So when the other world, when so when we go out, when we when we are other places. They, the, the white folks have been giving the world a steady diet of of what we ain't, of what we ain't. So so people's first encounter with black people is you know what they see on cops. <laughs> Or or trash television, you know that, that that's their first introduction. Uh, it's no accident that we have more shows that sort of demean us than than celebrate us. That's that's not by accident. That's that's by design, you know. That's that's by design. It's by design that rap artists rap about the killing of each other and. And the and the and the debasement of of our of their women and our women, that's by design. Because because that sells, or so they've been told. I dare say Stevie Wonder has never in his whole career made a song about flipping some chick on her back and spanking her or any of that kind of foolishness. Never never done it. I've I've never heard it. Now if there's a Stevie Wonder song out there that does that, let me know. But he's never, he's never done it. And he's never really cared much about crossover. He's just like, I just want to make good music. Whoever listens to it. I I, I want black people to listen to it. But if anybody else listens to it, cool. You know, it's, not, it's, 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 it's not by accident that these rap artists get these contracts and, and, and sing about the, the, the everything that they're not because they don't control these industries. So if you're to, because listen, I don't know no country western singing singer out there that sings about having sex with women, multiple women. I I don't. If there is somebody, send me that song. Now, what they will sing about is a breakup, a heartbreak, maybe seeing two women at once, choosing whatever, whatever, whatever. But it is never the, the to the detriment of women. I'm just saying, I, I I don't think Luke Bryan is singing anything. I don't think, I mean, you know, Dirks Bentley, I don't think none of them are singing, you know, but, but the rap artists, even the white ones now are singing stuff that is just cruel, 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 and doesn't really require any imagination, just plays to the same message of, we ain't ish. We just ain't ish. That's that's really the common denominator. And I know people are like, oh, the music is pumping, blah, 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 blah. 
But I'm like, I, I sit on my porch and I listen to the music that comes down the street. None of it is loving. None of it is uplifting. None of it is kind. None of it is gentle. None of it bears soul. It's hard, 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 hard. And you feed that, you feed these kids a steady diet of that mess. And what do they think? They don't got no love songs to speak of. They don't got no songs that hold them close, keep me tender. They don't got none of that. None of that. So it's by design. So, so we have become the destruction, the, 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 we have carried out, we are carrying out white supremacy in ways that, uh, 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 that we don't even know. I see it all the time with, with the police. I see it. The, the, the police officers have been convinced that there's this blue, that blue lives matter. Blue lives matter. You know what blue lives matter is? That's white supremacy. Just in another, let's give you another color for it. It's white supremacy. So, so when you out there and they start beating down black kids or black people, black women, and you standing right there and you, and you think you have more allegiance to them than to the people who they beating. See, you already told water. You already told piss for white supremacy. You already carrying the bucket. That's the bucket. So you think you have, you have more in line with them than the people in your own community that you have so much contempt. You want to get along so badly that you you just look the other way, or you or or better still, you help. You help with the beatdown because this is what we do. Because I'm a I'm in line with this thinking because we we are men together in this thing called policing. Nope, you're not. You're not. You're just doing the dirty work for them. You're just doing it, and you don't even know it. So that's that's what I mean. The pervasiveness of white supremacy is such that I could be. In, I I remember Allah, who works at a pride center, said, you know, she was in a meeting of black people and felt like she was in a meeting of white people. I never forgot that. That stayed with me because now I notice it. You know, when I when I hear the language of the colonizer, I hear it. I see it. I see it in the way that they go about things. I hear when they say, oh, we can't find, we, we did a search and we just can't find black, qualified black people. <sighs> you know, or won't, or won't, or well, they don't really have all the qualifications that we need. And you can, and this job is so techno, techno, technolized that you can't just train up somebody. Like you can't, take somebody with the basic skill set and bring them up, manage them up into the position. Like, cause that's how that's going to have to work. But, but we, but we see it when they do it with other, other people, they do it with other people. Oh, we have to give them a chance. <laughs> this would be a good opportunity. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've sat in on so many of these kinds of conversations. I would make my head, it would make your head spin. I'm not making this up. I could make this up. I'm just saying. So we got a problem. We got a real problem. And I, and I, and it's across the board. It's, it's in the education system. It's in the music industry. It's in the fashion industry. It's in the entertainment industry. It is, it is pervasive and it's deep. And, and, and we have got to do all that we can to sort of, when, when, when we know better, do better. That's really as, at the heart of it. You know, when you know better, you do better. You know, um, I, I was in, I was in this, uh, I was watching this, uh, this Twitter conversation play out 
um, author Bernice McFadden put a uh, she she screenshotted a conversation between Carol Joyce Oates, you know the author, and I guess one of her little author friends was lamenting um, her th- their book um, not getting in front of a publisher, and 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 sort of saying, uh, well, you know who they publish now? They just put it's something to the effect of you know you have to be black and blah 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 blah. And so Carol Oates sent this around, like she shared this and she knows better. That's the part that I don't understand. She knows better than this. Black people make up 15% of the publishing industry that are published authors, 15%. I think it's like 15%, probably a little less. Now, everybody else is white, <laughs> except for this small, small percentage. I'm gonna go look it up because I have to go find this because I want to make sure I get it right. Um, and uh, so people, people set her on fire for it. People went to her and said, hey, first of all, why does that particular author feel entitled to have their book published because they are white? I'm trying to understand the the conversation write better then right didn't put some better content out there if nobody if nobody is jumping at your work and all you can say is well they're you know i can't get published because it's black people but <laughs> black people are in my way <laughs> If it wasn't for those black authors, you know, all five of them, it couldn't be that your your stuff as a white author just wasn't good. And so you just go and say, oh, you know why I'm not getting published because they're only looking at blah, 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 blah. I just was like, you have got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And see, it's that kind of stuff. And the fact that uh, uh, Oates sent that around was enough to just like, see, this is the foolishness right here. That's one author lamenting the whole industry because they're not getting their work seen and published. (sighs) Just wears me out. It's that level of... It's that level of, of of insidious white supremacy that that people carry with them and keep putting out there to the point where they believe it, and then everybody like them believes it, and then it does it doesn't have to be rooted in any truth. They just have to be able to have say it with conviction. Do you know what I mean? Like just lie with conviction. You know, like like just like Donald Trump, you just say anything, say anything at all, and then stay with it, just stay with it, and then everybody be like, yeah, 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 I see that. <laughs> it just cracks me all the way up, all the way up. So I was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing. So, 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 so when you get these crazy people and like, you know, that Taylor Green chick and 
Oh, I mean, just all of them, just all of them, you know, saying all these ridiculous things and, 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 uh, um, you know, and then, in, in, and then invoking Christian values and, <laughs> and I, I love to remind them, no, nobody in the Bible was white. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Nobody in the Bible is white, not near one of them. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. So. But lest they forget. <laughs> lest they forget. So yeah, um, was it jo- Joyce Carol Oates? She was the one that sent that mess around, and uh, I was like, "Girl, don't be doing that. You know better." <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't care how much your friends lament; <laughs> they're wrong, and they're making that up. You know, there's nobody. There's no black authors out here besting besting for the sake. They're not publishing black authors for the sake of. Do you know how hard it is to get published? Black author, you know how hard that is? Thank God for Oprah. She lifted up a great many authors and a lot of them black. You know, so I'm just gonna leave that right there. And I implore people to sort of, you know, not 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 continually be on a diet of right wing foolishness. You know, because sometimes we have um, Fox News on in our office. I, I, I can only watch for five minutes because it just it just makes me ill. Just the lies and the foolishness that they put out there, and they know it. Like they, like they know it. Like, like Tucker Carlson, like his attorney says. Well, people know he's lying. I was like, people know. That, that's what was said. That's that was the defense, you know. Well, you know, he, he, he they know that this is just for television. This is entertainment. It's not, you know, it's not rooted in facts. I was like, wow, that's a huge thing, and yet he's still on television, doing his brand of. Uh, unpatriotic foolishness that that means you just want america to fail you have to want america to fail you want this experiment of democracy to fail i i don't know i don't know what you get out of that but yeah you you want it to fail when you carry on the way that he carries on you know it's sad 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 it's and a little little sickening too but he's got a following of people. And I had, a, I had a good conversation with a good white friend the other day who said, uh, well, don't you want to know what they're saying? I said, what do you mean? Do I want to? I, I know they've been saying the same thing since 1619. <laughs> what? Nothing has changed. I don't, I know what the playbook is. The playbook is the annihilation of black and brown people. It is to curtail our movements at every turn. That's the that's the only playbook they've ever had. <laughs> to curtail our movements so that we cannot go left or right or up or down. So that we can be contained in communities. 
so that we are not allowed to thrive and grow and seek what they believe is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They don't want that for us. They never have. You're talking about a whole constitution that recognizes as three-fifths of human. Three-fifths. Now, they changed it because they were like, oh, my bad. They they are human. So don't don't I don't I don't need to listen to Tucker Carlson to know what the game plan is. And the fact that you listen to him and you want to try to make the point that he 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 colors it with just enough truth. None of that stuff is true. It sounds true. Do you understand? It sounds true. Because it plays on your ignorance, number one, your smallness in the world, number two. Number three, they know you ain't got no friends. <laughs> not, not my friend friend, but they know that your worldview is limited. When you have a limited worldview, people can tell you anything. If you ain't been nowhere, people can tell you anything. People can tell you, you know what? There, there's purple water in the hills of Idaho. Uh, the people could just tell you that you don't know because you ain't never been to Idaho so you just believe whatever they tell you because your experiences and your worldview is narrow that's why I always tell people travel I was like travel take your kids even if you just go to the the Caribbean take your travel and and then see some of this country See, see some of America there's people who have not even seen not even half of this country half of it and will call themselves American. Oh, I'm I'm proud to be an American, but I ain't been nowhere. Ain't been nowhere past past Pennsylvania, past Ohio, past Missouri, you know, past the South. Not been to Texas. Not been to Arkansas. Not been uh, New Mexico. Haven't been to Oregon. Or they just haven't done it. I said it to my kids too. I was like, you know what? Y'all need to go. Pack your cars and go take a road trip. That's how you do it. Like, just go. I mean, we used to take them places, but now they now they got to do it on their own. You know, they got to figure it out. Like, go go travel. Pack your car and travel. Travel together. Plot a trip. You can go to AAA. They'll give you a whole route. They'll give you a whole trip with hotels and the whole nine. Where to stop? How far this is? This, that, and the other thing. See, see stuff. Or get on a train or just get on a bus or just see so that you can bring some awareness to a conversation that you're having so that you are not just told any old thing. That's, you know, that's, that's the problem I have with Tucker Carlson, that he's deliberately traitorous. I guess if you're a traitor, you're willingly doing it. He's a, he's a, he's a willing, he's a trader and, and, and gets paid a lot of money to be traitorous. And we accept that, you know, we accept it. No one, no one challenges it. No pushback, nothing. They just, he just comes on. He says all kinds of ridiculous things. And he's, you know, and as long as he's got a good team of attorneys, like, well, this is just for entertainment. Under the guise of he's no scientist, 
He's not a scientist. He's not a social scientist. He's not any of those things. He's just a mouthpiece, just talking. He'll never get another job anywhere else. You got to stay. You got to stay in that world, right? Because no credible outfit is going to hire him to do anything. So I just, I don't know. So, so, so to my point of weariness, that's where we are. This is how people are weary. This is how we're all just like, <sighs> it's like, eh, I'm not gonna, I don't got no more bandwidth. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, got, we have no more bandwidth. <laughs> this is the, Let's let these white people wait. <laughs> long as they, long as they're not killing us. If we can get them to stop killing us, all right. Okay. If we can, we can get them to stop killing us under the guise of policing and under the guise of fear, under the guise of you look suspicious, under the guise of, you know, whatever, then you know, that's that's the fight. That's the that's the fight where we're at now. We're, 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 we are still having the same fight that we had uh, at, at reconstruction. Can, can we just, uh, no, we're still having the same fight that's uh, Sinke Pai had. Make us free. Give us free. Let us be free. Let us be people. Let us carve out a life for ourselves. Let us, let us do what you say you want everyone to do. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let us have a fair shake at at getting there. Stop putting barriers up to prevent us from that. You know, stop curtailing our movements. Stop hamstringing us. Stop lynching us. And by lynching, I mean shooting us and killing us in these streets. Just stop it. (laughs) And, 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 and get out our way. Just get out of our way so that we can thrive and 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 really help America live up to its ideas and really make this experiment of democracy a reality, one that is envied around the world. Right now we're not. Right now, I think, you know, the last four years, I think we've been a laughing stock, you know, under the Trump administration. You know, no no one wants to be like America with that xenophobic fool you know, uh, running things. And then to just, I've never seen anything like it, to stand there and say the election was stolen just cracks me all the way up. And to say it with a great deal of conviction. And then to watch these people one by one talk about how, you know, they knew it wasn't stolen, but what were they going to do? They was trying to convince him that, listen this is done and he wouldn't hear of it even his own kids were like yeah well at least one kid it's like yeah dad this is this is done um it's such a i think i think i think this is a i think this is a learning i think this at this moment at that moment i think that watching that trump presidency that trump administration is is a good learning tool. Um, I don't think we can sit in where we are now and really um, process what those four years were like. I think these years with the Biden administration is just 
cleanup years. Just let's undo all the foolishness. You know, let's let's try to undo some of that and 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 get to some stability in in the world and and at at home. We've got a lot of things that we're up against. And I think um I think Biden just has to be the bridge. I think the next president, and I don't know if he'll be the next president. I I don't have a thought about that um, yet. I want to see what rises to the top um, before I think about the next president of the United States. Uh, but I think I think Biden was the bridge. Is a bridge, and I don't I don't know if I think he should run again or not run again. I'll hold I'll hold that while I think some more about it. But I think, you know, we came off a tough four years of 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 a kind of president that we never thought we would see ever. Um and um to have such uh that kind of ugh, just disaster um is takes a lot to overcome takes a lot to overcome and the fact that he is still riding leadership in the in the uh i don't even know do they even call themselves republican anymore i don't you know i don't even know what they call themselves grand old party the grand old party are they do they even consider themselves republicans what are they what are they call themselves they got a new name <laughs> they must have a new name because god knows <laughs> and and they and they you know that's a that's a it's a good example of you want to win by any means necessary. That's really that's really the best example of that. You want to win by any means necessary. He won because he's willing to go very low to do it, and he found out that there were more people willing to accept that lowness than there weren't. That there was enough people to accept that lowness of character, of integrity of common sense, of intellect, that that you could just, he was at the bottom of the barrel of that. And they knew it. They knew it. And when he got the votes, they were like, oh, this strategy wins. You know, I could never do it, but he's doing it so I could attach my wagon to it and just ride the coattails of whatever this moment is. And then when it all falls apart, I'll just, we'll just figure out a way to clean it up. That's, I think that's how they all were thinking. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got them in there. Maybe we can control this. They, I think they believed that they could until they found out they couldn't. I was like, didn't you watch any of these TV shows he was on? <laughs> you know? cracks me up just just sad you know we go from uh president obama who is stately and intelligent and smart and just amazing to that which was a deliberate black backlash to that you know we went from yes we can to no we ain't (laughs) yes we can to no we ain't no we ain't and uh, and the fact that he found a population of people who believed that and held to that, 
um, I think that's probably more chilling to me than just about anything. The sheer number of people who readily accepted lowness, lowness, as opposed to the best and brightest among us. Because Donald Trump is not the best or brightest among us by any stretch of anybody's imagination. And the fact that there are people out there who, this he is beyond mediocrity. He is, he's not even, he doesn't even meet the standards for mediocrity. And the fact that people voted for that, um, it's got to bother people, it bothers me, you know, and, and white women even more because it, it really took white women um, voting in, in, in concert with white men um, to, to get him to that space, you know, and then you throw in some black and brown people, but small numbers of them, you know, not enough to turn the tides. It really was white women over overwhelmingly in conjunction with white men um, who thought this is my destiny is tied to the things that are coming out of this person's mouth, that my destiny is tied to lowness as opposed to, uh, you know, raising, raising, raising everyone up. I only want to be a part of raising up what is unique to me and the people I, I deal with. Do you know what I mean? So Listen, tomorrow's Wednesday. We are back. I'm back. I don't think I have a guest, so I'm just hanging out. It's summer. It is August. Tomorrow's August 3rd. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the rest of the summer and just doing the damn thing. So I don't know wherever you all are. I hope you are enjoying this summer. You know, this has really been a good hot girl summer. (laughs) June was dizzying with the International Festival of Arts and Ideas. I loved every minute of it. And, and, and I thought that I would kind of slow down for July, but I didn't. So maybe August will bring me a little bit of, a little bit of easing down a little bit as we go into the fall. I must say, this is the first year that I'm completely in control of my hips, right? I'm completely in control. I don't have a walker. I don't have a cane. I'm a year post-op. And uh, uh, there are some things I got to do. So I got to get on that. But for the most part, yeah, I'm doing the damn thing. So y'all be cool out there. Don't get into fights with people. Turn your AC on so you can chill at these red lights. <laughs> be kind, be gentle to one another. And uh, I hope I see you out here in the streets as I do. And thank you all for coming up to me in all kinds of spaces. Telling me that you like my brand of uh, conversation. I love it. It's my job. I enjoy it. And uh, I thank y'all for spending the time with me this morning. I'll be back tomorrow. You can count on that. If the creek don't rise and no one shoots me, I'm good. (laughs) I'll see y'all. Harry, Nora, I'm out. Oh, no.